Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to Mother Angelica, answering the call where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. As always, as we listen to Mother take on some great questions from classic television programs, the one she hosted so popularly in the 80s and the 90s. Once again, always great to see you, Father. And you too, Doug. And, you know, sometimes I have trouble at sleeping. I'll turn on the radio, and there's Mother Angelica. And there's always something that I pick up from her radio program, which is our television program, how she answered questions, and just her sense of humor makes it palatable, I think, for us to uh, receive the truth as well. And the insights keep on coming. Our topics for today, how do we make God the primary focus of our lives? Also, no one is excluded from the heart of God. It's always good to hear. Uh, What is joy? Let's see what Mother has to say, and don't lose hope. But first up is, how do we make God the primary focus of our lives? Mm -hmm. Is it easy or is it hard? She gives us a short answer. Love him. (laughs) And, you know, we uh, are motivated by what we love. And I remember a wonderful retreat we received uh, from a Carmelite priest. And he was talking about how he really wanted to make it in Hollywood, and he got his big break. He was going to be on this scene. And... um, that night, there had been a, uh, a guy who was a guard there, and he had painted the crucifix on one of the backs of the sets. And it so upset the people that were involved, they had it completely torn down and rebuilt. And he realized there's really a distinction between what I was pursuing and thought was important and what is really important. And that's when he began to more seriously look into the spiritual life and to love and to serve God. Right, and and I think Mother has a great line in here which people can listen for, which she says, to love is to do. Mm-hmm. A very simple expression. Like St. James tells us that faith without works is dead, and F- St. Paul speaks about faith working through love. And so it's proven in our actions, and how do we live it out? Are we living it out in such a way that it's manifest in our lives? that we love God, that we love others. And can people, other people see that in, in our lives? And one of the things Mother talks about as well is the idea of feeling guilty. And, and I think what's great with this is there's nothing wrong with feeling guilty when you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. That's part of our conscience, right? And why carry that around? Mother's saying it's a lot easier to live a holy life. And you know, it really is. Um, we say that it's not. But it's a lot easier than carrying this burden around all the day and having this kind of weight that weighs upon you if you're living in a state of guilt. Right. Mother says it's like freeing our mind and freeing our heart. Let's see what she actually has to say when how do we make God the primary focus of our lives. We have a call. Hello? Yes, hello, Mother. Thank you for taking my call. Wonderful. I wanted to ask, how do we make God the primary focus in our lives? Hmm. That's a big question with a short answer. Love him. Love him. If you love someone, they are are in your, your mind often, depending on the kind of love you have for that person, very often. You see, The whole essence of becoming holy, and that's what you're talking about, 
is to do God's will. Well, if you don't love God, then you're kind of hemming on, hedge, you know. You do very much like you do with your parents. You, you go to your father and he says, no, what do you do? You give up? No, you go to your mother. <laughs> but you don't tell her your father said no. You see what I mean? She'll learn that tomorrow. See, to love is to do. Very simple. You got the commandments. You know the beauty of the church, the Eucharist, Our Lady, all the unbelievable doctrines we have and dogmas. Then you keep those. Because when you keep them, see, then God is always in your heart. He promised that, St. John. Gospel 17th chapter, he says, the Father, if you keep my commandment, the Father and I will come and do what? Make our home in you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if, if God is free, my heart is free, and he lives in me, then you're going to do his will readily. Why? Because you want to please him. I don't think it's hard to be holy. I think it's harder to be unholy. You never feel guilty if you're doing God's will. Well, if you're not doing God's will, you feel guilty. You're running around with all that guilt on your heart. It's not easy. I think it's hard to be a sinner. I would think so. Why? Because you're always guilty. You're afraid this is going to find out and that's going to find out. And if you're running for office, they are going to find out. <laughs> you can't even see a decent toothpaste ad. Do you ever notice that in the last five, six years? They have a toothpaste. I mean, how, how sexy can you get with toothpaste? <laughs> But they have this beautiful girl and she's got this long hair that took 20 hours to, to get that way and, and she's made up perfectly and, and everything is perfect. And, and then you see that toothpaste smile. <laughs> toothpaste. But you see where... I think that's hard. It would be hard to advertise toothpaste. But see, we're out of culture with God. And I'm not complaining about people who make a living selling toothpaste, but they make it so. I don't know what. But to love God is to love Him. You know, not a feeling. That's nothing to do with feeling. I want to be like him. That's what it means. And I want to be like him because he loves me. And if I want to love him, then I want to act like he would act. Do we make it all the time? No. Oh, but we can say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't come up to your expectations, but I'm going to try harder tomorrow. It's easier to be holy.
Maybe the initial effort is hard, but you get the habit of being holy. So just say, Jesus, I love you. I want to be like you today. And when you're not, say, I'm sorry. I'm going to try harder. Simple. Free eye, mind and free heart. Why? Because you know a truth. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit live in you. That's all in it. Next up, we've got no one is excluded from the heart of God. That's always good news, isn't it, Father? It is that uh, we've been given a free will. And I was speaking with one of the friars, and he made an uh, interesting distinction I think is important, that we can speak of our free will. Yes, we can choose evil, we can choose good, but we're given our free will to choose good. That's why we have a free will, so that we are free to choose what is good, and God is good. And so whenever we choose godly things, whenever we choose virtue, whenever we choose goodness, we're using our free will as it's meant to be, <laughs> be used, so that we're going to actually increase in the abundant life that God wants us to have. Right, because sometimes, as Mother talks about, people blame God and saying, well, he gives me mm -hmm. free choice, so it's not my fault that I made the wrong choice. Like you said, he gave you the free choice so you can make the right choice. There's another image Mother has in here. It's great. She's talking about uh, baptism and, and welcoming mm -hmm. it. When I think about it, she describes most of you were crying over, over the cold <laughs> water on your head. Uh, and I was thinking how many times Mother dumped some cold water on some other people who needed <laughs> to be taught the right thing. That's right. And that even if the child didn't know it, he was receiving this indwelling presence of the Blessed Trinity. And she really brings it out that it's a wonderful gift that we've received in our baptism. Absolutely. And cold water on our head sometimes wakes us up. No one is excluded from the heart of God. So we have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. And what is your question? Would it be correct to say that this love that we must have for God is itself a gift of God? Oh, and, yeah. and two verses that come to mind are, um, no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. Mm -hmm. Or the other one would be, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Mm -hmm. You see, everything is a gift. Faith is a gift. Love is a gift. But it's open to all. No one is excluded from the heart of God. It's what we do or don't do with it, you see? And that's why I love baptism so much. And the sisters don't celebrate birthdays. Yeah, we have a cake. We have one cake a month for all the birthdays, all together. But we celebrate with a mass and our baptismal day. That's the day we celebrate. Why? Because that's the day we became a child of God. Not that we weren't always children by the fact we're created by him, but we did not have indwelling. See what it says here? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we will come and make our home in him. And the gift of baptism secures. That's a real gift. Most of you are crying over that cold water on your head. You don't know what happened to you. But God knows. Oh, he just came, made his home in that little baby. Mm. There's nothing. There's no gift like baptism. There's no gift like the Eucharist. There's no gift like confession. 
All the seven gifts. There's no gift like any of them. They're all there to make us strong and holy. Oh, it's a gift. And those who have not been baptized, you need to ask for it. You need to ask to be baptized, but you also need to ask God, Lord, what is it I need to know you better, to love you more? Huh? What is it I need? It is a gift. And the Lord said also in the scriptures, he said, it is the will of my Father that all men be saved. But when our Lord asked him, in the Garden of Gethsemane. The father told him it's not possible because they don't want to be saved. See, it's a matter, it's our problem, not God. We must want to be saved. And when we have the gift of faith, hope, and love, which represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, at baptism, oh my, <laughs> All of heaven lives in that little baby. See, that's why to kill a child, a baby, is so bad. <laughs> I hope one day our country will suddenly become aware of its great sin. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And welcome to Mother Angelica, answering the call where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. As always, as we listen to Mother's take on some great questions from classic television programs, the one she hosted so popularly in the 80s and the 90s. Once again, always great to see you, Father. And you too, Doug. And you know, sometimes I have trouble at sleeping. I'll turn on the radio, and there's Mother Angelica. And there's always something that I pick up from her radio program, which is her television program, how she answered questions, and just her sense of humor makes it palatable, I think, for us to uh, receive the truth as well. And the insights keep on coming. Our topics for today, how do we make God the primary focus of our lives? Also, no one is excluded from the heart of God. It's always good to hear. Uh, what is joy? Let's see what Mother has to say, and don't lose hope. But first up is, how do we make God the primary focus of our lives? Mm -hmm. Is it easy or is it hard? She gives us a short answer. Love him. <laughs> and, you know, we uh, are motivated by what we love. And I remember a wonderful retreat we received uh, from a Carmelite priest, and he was talking about how he really wanted to make it in Hollywood, and he got his big break. He was going to be on this scene. And... Um, that night, there had been a, uh, a guy who was a guard there, and he had painted the crucifix on one of the backs of the sets. And it so upset the people that were involved, they had it completely torn down and rebuilt. And he realized there's really a distinction between what I was pursuing and thought was important and what is really important. And that's when he began to more seriously look into the spiritual life and to love and to serve God. Right, and, and I think Mother has a great line in here which people can listen for, which she says, to love is to do. Mm -hmm. A very simple expression. 
Like St. James tells us that faith without works is dead, and St. Paul speaks about faith working through love. And so it's proven in our actions, and how do we live it out? Are we living it out in such a way that it's manifest in our lives, that we love God, that we love others? And can people, other people see that in, in our lives? And one of the things Mother talks about as well is the idea of feeling guilty and and I think what's great with this is there's nothing wrong with feeling guilty when you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. That's part of our conscience, right? And why carry that around? Mother's saying it's a lot easier to live a holy life. And you know, it really is. Um, we say that it's not, but it's a lot easier than carrying this burden around all the day and having this kind of weight that weighs upon you if you're living in a state of guilt. Right. Mother says it's like freeing our mind and freeing our heart. Let's see what she actually has to say when how do we make God the primary focus of our lives? Now we have a call. Hello? Hi. Hey. Where um, are you from? I'm from New Hampshire. And what is your question? Well, my actually I have a comment first and um it's i love your show i watch it every week thank you and um i my question is um how can spiritual joy be achieved well in one way it's easy in one way very hard if i can accept the present moment the present moment with joy, meaning without resentment, without anger, a disappointment. You know, the best thing that God can do for us sometimes is to say, no, I'll bet you there's not a woman in this place who didn't fall in love about 18 or 19 years old, dying to marry this man and so happy now she didn't. I'll make a bet there's men in this place who almost married this wonderful girl and then looked at her 20 years later and said, thank you, God. (laughs) Is that not true? Sure it is. Yeah, that's true. So we have to have that attitude is, I I thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm happy no matter what God asks what he does to us or for us. It doesn't mean we're happy, happy. No, joy is a contentment within. It has nothing to do with your facial expression. You know, we're not Christian scientists. If I'm eating beans, I'm eating beans. I know they're beans. I say they're beans. They're beans. I'm not going to say I'm eating chicken. I'm eating beans. So it, it's a contentment with God's will. That is joy. Because you're not unhappy with God's will. Our Lady was a, oh, what an example of God's will. Think of it now. I mean, she was suddenly asked to become a mother. I mean, this is a big change. She, she didn't intend to become a mother. She said, how, how shall this be? Oh. She had consecrated herself to the Lord. 
is a virgin, and she wasn't going to change that. But she wanted to do God's will. She said, how shall this be? And he told her. And she said, be it done to me according to thy will. And that's perfect joy. Let me tell you about St. Francis, our Holy Father. Brother Leo asked him one day, Father, in what lies perfect joy? He said, well, brother, we're going to the monastery. And it was snowing. He said, if we go and rap on the door and the porter comes out and he says, go away, you thieves and brigade, go away. And he slams the door in our face. And if we rap again and he says the same thing, and then we go a third time, and this time he comes and throttles us and throws us into the snow. And if we can accept that with joy, with happiness, it's God's will, that's perfect joy. What was he saying? He was saying that if I can, with all the effort I have to make things right or good, and they turn some other way, I should have the contentment of knowing God's will is always supreme and holy. Always. Whether I like it or don't. But it's in acceptance. That's abandonment is a good word. A good word. Because it says, Lord, I trust that whatever is happening to me at this moment is good for me. And closing out our program for this week, the topic, Don't Lose Hope. That seems really important today, doesn't it? Certainly does. And like Mother brings out so accurately here, when you've been sick for a long time, it's one thing to be sick for a couple of days and you're improving and you can see some hope. It's another thing to have a chronic illness, which can be really discouraging. And so Mother brings that into this beautiful prayer. And recently we came across this story, you know, here in Birmingham we have Lakeshore Rehab. And right. it's a famous facility where the Paralympics, there's training that happens there, and it's a lot of people who've had injuries and so on. But it was founded by a man by the name of Michael Stevens. And when he was 26, he had this spinal in injury that paralyzed him. Well, he had been living a pretty wild life. But his mother went to see Mother Angelica, and she showed him, showed her her braces and said the sisters would pray for him. And the very day that he received this day of prayer started a whole change within his inner life, and it led to the founding of Lakeshore Rehab. Right, and it's nothing like someone who's suffering themselves to reach out to somebody who's in a similar situation. And it's interesting how Mother refers to herself as a bionic woman. <laughs> Let's see how Mother Angelica explains how important it is to don't lose hope. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Where are you from? We're from Roseville, Minnesota. And what is your need? We would like you to pray for our daughter, who's Mary, who has been sick for 22 years. Uh -huh. And we feel you are so close to Jesus, Mother, that it would be wonderful to have you pray for her. I'll be glad. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we... We pray for this young girl who's been sick so long. There's something discouraging, Lord, about a long illness. And we're human, and we, we get disheartened, you know. We just don't seem to 
grasp the reality of the the power of suffering. We, we've lost that in this world of success and health and wealth and wisdom. We, we've forgotten the lowly, the street people, the, the people who have no one, the people who have no one to go to, the people who are in bed for years, the paralyzed and the blind and the deaf. We kind of forget because it's depressing, but nothing is more depressing, Lord, than if we lose the sights and the power of pain and suffering. So if your daughter is listening, I hope she is, you are blessed by God. Every morning I put these braces on. I feel like a bionic woman, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, I think how blessed I am. How blessed. How long will I live? I don't know. But I'll wear them until he says, come. And we don't always understand. And that's okay. But never lose hope. And remember how much he loves you with a special love. All of you that have illnesses and sicknesses that seem to be everlasting. And it just isn't physical. Some of you have mental pain and, and spiritual pain. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Because of what's to come. Don't lose heart. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.